You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. So in light of this past song, um, what I needed to hear this morning honestly is looking over the framework of how my life is has been for the past 24 years. Um, most of my life was lived trying to impress other people to the point where if I do a good enough job, maybe somebody will notice me and I'll get famous. If I write the right song, then I'll be rich. All I have to do is impress the right person. And I feel like a lot of times we take it that way with God too. And I, I'm serving in four different departments in the church. I pray for an hour and a half every single night. I listen to worship music and that's the only thing I listen to. And it's like we try to earn our place because we want him to look at that and say, oh my God, you're the best servant I have. You're awesome. But in reality, what makes you his kid isn't the fact that you do all that. You're his child because he bought you. And you don't need to strive to be his child. And so if we could just break out of the whole, I have to do all this right in order to be saved, or I have to do all of these good things in order to get to heaven. Why are you wasting your life waiting on something that's going to happen when you die? Seriously, people get saved and then they wait their entire lives to die so they can go to heaven. We need to be the gospel on earth. If that makes any sense. A lot of times it makes sense. But seriously, stop striving to get God's affection. He loves you anyway. Doesn't matter how many times you mess up, doesn't matter where you go, who you hurt. How many times you curse him and turn on him? He still loves you. So, yeah. So, God sent a prophet named Jonah to be the gospel on earth. Jonah ran from God, ended up in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. Jonah chapter 2 says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, Is God from inside this fish? And he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. He answered me, I called out to you from the land of the dead. The Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath the wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. My earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. May the Lord teach us and help us with our understanding in this very strange story today. You guys can be seated. Yeah, we admit it. Jonah's a strange story. It's a weird thing to be swallowed by a fish for three days and three nights and then get spit out on the beach. But we're going to dive into it a little bit more today. But before we do, as we get thinking about this, this uh, kind of a little bit what Zach was saying about trying to impress others, like with, it's, it's about our ego. And kind of the idea is we need to take our ego to the altar 
And metaphorically, we don't have altars in this place we call it when the church gathers because um, you know, we're in a movie theater. But uh, that was weird. <laughs> but uh, but but it's you know metaphorically we have the altar is a place where you come and bow and lay things down for God and and so the ego is what uh, Zach was talking about putting it on the altar what Jonah did it's also what a uh, particular musical artist who's very been in the news like a lot over the last couple of weeks has done seemingly his name's Kanye and you guys probably know Kanye West probably better than I do know about Kanye West. Here's the thing about him, and this will take a few minutes with this, um, not a lot of time, done on the debate Kanye's deal at all. Just, I just want to kind of give you what, what I see happening. Because um, just a few years ago, he performed this song called I Am God. And he went on, like 2013, so it's been a minute. And he went on this show, Jimmy Kimmel Live. You may be familiar with who Jimmy Kimmel is. He went on this show and he compared himself to Jesus. He's pretty much saying, I'm, I'm basically like Jesus. I'm Jesus on this show. And along the way, uh, I like Twitter. I, use, I tweet a lot. And I just thought, I thought a clever tweet was, and this is probably a year or two after that particular thing, I love Jesus more than Kanye loves Kanye. And I was pretty happy with that tweet. I got a whole lot of like feedback. And that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a, that's a whole lot of love. You know, that's what a lot of people said. And I look now at what Kanye West is, is saying in all these interviews. I'm, I'm done running from God. I've been running from God for, for years. And he says, I've given my life to Jesus. He's, not, he's like, I have given my life to Jesus. And if you listen to his new music um, from this Jesus is King album, it's gospel. I mean, it's straight up the gospel. Uh, even has choirs and stuff on it. And so he's back on Jimmy Kimmel Live just recently. And Jimmy Kimmel asked him, so now do you consider yourself a Christian music artist? And Kanye's answer was, I consider myself a Christian everything. And I'm like, so the controversy is like controversy. He's like, is he legit? Is he not? And all these things like, well, you can pray. Anybody can get saved. But I don't know about Kanye. You know, it's kind of going back and forth. And I'm like, you know what? He, Jesus is king is getting put out there. And that's the message that I'm about. And I, then so I'm okay with, with Kanye absolutely saying that. Because seemingly what's happened is he's bowed his ego on the altar before God and cried out to God in prayer. And God heard his prayer and answered. Have you ever called out to God in prayer and God answered? Like in what areas of life? You know, just give me like, you don't have to tell me the whole story, but just what, what are some areas of life where you've called out to God and you've seen him answer prayer? Financially, absolutely. I've been right there too, brother, quite often. What other places you've seen God answer prayer? Yeah. Oh, schedule. Like I need some help with this schedule. I'm still buzzing. Something's on up here. They, those guys left it on somewhere. But yeah, um, schedule. Like this guy... He started with us, and he got asking for every Sunday off, and they finally said, you can't have every Sunday off. And he said, I quit. <laughs> wow, then God provided another job, right? So, yeah, good. What else? Other, other areas of life where you've, like, you've prayed for God and see him answer? Uh, for others. Yeah, praying for others, absolutely. I've seen that too, man. Maybe you have too. I've seen God do things. I can only call it a miracle, like somebody that's, that's literally in so much pain they can't get up and walk, and then we pray and then they jump up and like, oh, wow, I feel great. I'm like, that just don't happen. But it did. Yeah, I've seen that. Anything else? Human relationships. Relationships, absolutely. Seen that too. Yeah, we've, we've probably got a lot of things. Right? I've seen God do this. And there's like the, like the, the cool thing about this moment in this, in this story is we kind of know this. We've seen this. But we kind of forget. Because then we kind of go through life like, now I'm struggling with this, and then we forget to pray. Like Jonah, he he was not 
praying until he got in the depths of the ocean. So we're looking at this, actually, this, this most, probably one of the most epic tales of the Old Testament of the Bible, the story of Jonah. Now, Jonah was a prophet of God, and God said, go to this city called Nineveh. Basically, Jonah said, nope, uh, <laughs> nah, nope. And he goes 2,500 miles the opposite direction. Like you can always find a boat going the opposite direction from where God wants you to go. He goes the opposite way. And God basically is like, you know what? This mission is too important to just let it go. You can run, Jonah. You, that's your choice. You're allowed to run. You're allowed to go. But I'm not going to go away. He's like, I'm not, I'm not, you can run, but you can't hide. But he's like, I'm just going to stay with you. I'm going to keep, I've got a mission for you. And I'm, I've got a purpose for your life. And I'm going to stay with you because I'm not going to let it go. So we're going to dig a little deeper into Jonah 2 today. If you have a Bible, you can open it and follow along. We'll have scriptures up on the screen and, and stuff as we go. Um, but here's the big idea. I just want to get in there and just kind of build on this. No matter where you are in life, when you call on God, he will answer you. Just, that's like the foundation. We just want to build this on. We need to get that. No matter where you are in life, when you call on God, he will answer you. You know, your, your answer may not be what you, exactly what you want. We already found that out last week. What Jonah wanted was not what God's plan was him what what plan plan for him was, but he ended up that's the plan he needed to be on anyway. Um, that God knows best, and so no matter where you are in life, when you call on God, He will answer you. You can be high up on the mountain, low down in the depths. You could be struggling. You could be like way ahead in your football game, twenty points at halftime, or it could be coming down to the crunch and the other team is making some drives, and you better pray. For at this time to run off the clock. That's what happened yesterday, by the way. Um, so the, no matter where you are, when you call on God, he will answer you. And you don't have to be perfect to call on God. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together to call on, call on God. I think people miss this so much. I think this is one of the reasons people have like, some issues with Kanye and other, other like, celebrities. That's like the thing with fame. No matter what you do, somebody somewhere is going to be offended. And when you're famous... That's, that's like everywhere. There's so many people somewhere that's going to get offended. What we miss, though, is that, that people have these doubts about how legit is Kanye's faith. It's because we say you don't have to be perfect to call that on God, but then we kind of don't put that into practice as much. heard this story. I don't think it's true. I heard another pastor tell this story, and it was like there was one pastor, and down the street, a, a, uh, like a strip club came in, and they said, oh, we can't have a strip club down the street from... The, from the church that was just not good for our community and so this little this little church started praying Lord close down that strip club and then a little while later this, this is, I think this is a made up story but don't it might not be like there was a storm and lightning struck and burnt down the strip club and the manager of the strip club sued the church and the pastor for burning down the strip club and so it goes to the, before the judge and, and the, the judge is like what do you say and the pastor's like this is ridiculous you can't blame us for, for that strip club being burned. We had nothing to do with it. And the owner of the strip club says, well, I know I'm good authority because you know, we need some people that went your church also came to our strip club, that you guys are praying for us to close down. And so we believe that God answered your prayer. And the, the pastor was like, well, that doesn't happen. Like we're praying for God to answer prayer. But when he does, it's like the manager of the strip club believed that God answered the prayer more than the pastor praying the prayer. And sometimes I think that's how we are. Like we'll pray a prayer, but we really kind of don't believe that God is going to be there and answer. Because why do we do that? One minute we're like, God can do anything. And then we turn around the next minute and we kind of act like, well, except for that. Kanye or, you know, some other celebrity or whatever. You can just name the one. You know, there's some now. It's like, man, I'm praying that God would use them in a major way. And when he does, there's going to be people going, nah, not them. Couldn't be them. 
I'm sure there's people that said that about me that's known me 30 years ago or so. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, God couldn't do that. But let's back up to chapter 1 here with Jonah because there's this great storm in this, at the sea and Jonah's on this boat and he's, he's sound asleep during this storm and he needs an awakening, right? I mean, he is sound asleep during a storm and he needs an awakening. So the captain of the ship goes down to Jonah and he said, why aren't you praying? Wake up, get up and call out to your God and pray. So Jonah was a prophet, but apparently he's become a prayerless prophet. And I think maybe if, we, if he's running from God, he probably doesn't want to engage God in prayer. He stopped praying, and I think it's a lot of people who consider themselves believers today. They may go to church and say, I believe in God, and I believe, you know, I believe in Jesus, but they just don't pray. They, they don't have any kind of prayer life. That's exactly what some of us today do that. So in the belly of this great fish, Jonah prayed. He's like, okay, I'm going to pray now. <laughs> he prayed, and he didn't have a candle. He didn't have a pen and paper to write it down as he's praying because we got this record of this prayer. It's like he, later on he wrote it down. When he's out of, the, out of the belly of the fish, and he's like, he's talking about this. He's telling somebody the story, and he's like, here's what I prayed. And so that's where we get where we're at Jonah chapter 2 because inside the fish, you know he's praying, well, the words here, but he's also praying other words like, help, get me out of here. Make this fish slow down. And the fish is just like, no, no, I, I just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. That's what we do. We swim, swim, swim. That's what the thing, he's like, slow down. Please pray, God, make this fish slow, slow down. So God's saying, okay, Jonah, right? But I got your attention. Got your attention. When God gets your attention, you start praying. When God really gets your attention, you start praying. And right now, maybe God's getting your attention. And your prayer life is about to awaken. And that's just hold on. <laughs> hold on when that happens. Jonah, he prays this. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble or my distress. And he answered me. So why was Jonah in trouble, this, this distress? Because he had said, forget you, God. Forget you. And God in his great mercy answered him. I'm with you. Maybe you've been on kind of your own journey, and you've said, I've done this. I've definitely done this. Forget you, God. And here's the mercy of God saying, you don't have to be perfect to call on me. Just call on me, and I will answer you. Now, he said, it says in his trouble or his distress, he called out to God. This was originally written down in the Hebrew language. And in the Hebrew language, the word that's translated into trouble or distress is the word Sarah. Say Sarah. Sarah. Anybody here named Sarah, by the way? Because... That's in Hebrew, trouble and distress. So be, I'm just saying, don't blame me. I, I'm just translating the, the Hebrew for it. But actually, Sarah is a, is a word picture to draw this, this word picture of a specific distress and trouble. And it has to do with childbirth. He uses this word about the distress of childbirth. So Jonah's in the belly of the fish. Try and get this. He's in the belly of the fish. And he uses a pregnancy word. Trouble, affliction, leading to new life. He's not saying, oh, whoa, it's me. He's saying, I believe that I'm going to have new life out of this trouble and affliction. He continues, I called, on the, I called to you from the land of the dead, and you, Lord, heard me. Now, the land of the dead, it's, it's a lot of times referred to as the grave or, or the underworld. In Hebrew, this word is sheol. Let me say sheol. Metaphorically, it's used to describe hell. 
Because if you read, if you read like the Old Testament and you and you'll read uh, translation, it has the word hell. They didn't have an idea of a place of burning fire in the ancient world uh, in the Hebrew scriptures. They had this place of it's just the place of dead. It's the darkness. It's the it's the the gates are locked and you're just there. And this this idea of just being totally separated from your Creator and your God. So metaphorically, Sheol refers to, is used to describe hell in this ancient world. So Jonah says at this at this point where I couldn't get any further from God. I mean, there's no place further from God than hell, right? And that's at this point where I'm not couldn't get any further from God at all. I was helpless. I was hopeless. I was miserable. I was desperate. I was hurting, and I called out to God. My life was hell. And I called out to God. Check this out. He says, I was going through Sheol, going through hell. I was as good as dead, but God in his mercy brought me Sarah to be born again. New life. No matter where you are in life, you can call out to God. He will answer you. Because God is at work even in your pain. Even in, the, even in your pain, God is at work. Because at any point in this story, God could have said, poof. You know, like you had to imagine, you could imagine the God poof, right? Like God said, let there be light, poof. That's kind of the idea. God could anytime say poof, right? That's also, God could anytime say, let there no longer be light. Yikes. Kind of puts it in perspective a little bit who God is, right? He could do this, poof. Like he could have like calmed the storm for Jonah, poof, just like the storm stops, which it kind of does after the fact. And everything's shiny at that point. And instead of a great fish, he could have said, poof, it's a great turtle. Right. It's actually, poof, it's a talking turtle. <laughs> Jonah, dude, get on my back. <laughs> Jonah's like, sweet. And he gets a suntan as the turtle like just coasts him up to the beach, lets him climb off. That's like, God could have went, poof, and just put him on the beach. God could have went, poof, and said this gorgeous mermaid. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, God. <laughs> something better. You put me in a fish? <laughs> Send me a turtle or a mermaid or something, you know. Poof. But God was doing something, and he was actively working. And you could say it was even a miracle. God is working even through Jonah's pain. How have you seen God at work through your own pain? You don't have to answer that, but just think about that, process it, because you've probably been there. You know, a lot of y'all are still pretty young, but, I mean, you've been through some pain. How have you seen God work through that? He says, you threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down, down, down. I was buried beneath the wild and stormy seas. And then we look at, at verse 5, and Jonah says, I sank down, 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 and the waters closed over me. It's like a coffin. And he says, seaweed wrapped around my head. It's like a mummy. And he says, verse 6, I sank down, down, down. To the roots of the mountains, I was imprisoned in the earth, and the gates shut locked forever. Pain, struggle, suffering, even death. But you, O oh Lord, snatched me from the jaws of death. How awesome is that? But you, O oh Lord, I was, I was so lonely. I was so alone. I was so miserable. I was sitting in such a deep depression. And you, Lord, you snatched me from the jaws of that death. It was game over for Jonah. Fatality. <laughs> It was. And uh, God's like, nope. I got one more piece of life to put in you. You got one more life left, Jonah. And you get up. 
God, you brought me back to life, Jonah says. No matter how far down you go, it's never too far that God cannot reach and pull you back up. No matter how far down you go, it's never too far for God to bring you back up. Because God will reach down to you. One of my favorite passages in the entire Bible is Psalm 40. And Psalm 40 says, um, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. And incline means to lean in. I love that picture. Because you think sometimes God, you think of like a king, like reclined, like kick back. You serve me. Psalm 40 says you inclined, you reached down. You lift me up out of the pit and put my feet on solid rock. That's what the, that Psalm 40 talks about. So are you, are you there? You feel like you're spiraling out of control and maybe going down, down, down like Jonah. Remember this. Never forget the but God moments. But, you know, but God, like but God, right? Because here, hang on to those but God moments because it's like my life was out of control, but God showed up. I didn't, have, I didn't really know what to do next, but God answered a prayer. I didn't know how that relationship was ever going to work out, but God heard my prayer. I didn't know how I was going to pay for that, whatever that was, but God provided. I don't know how I was going to get through that time of such grief, but God brought hope and comfort. God showed up. Verse 7, he says, my life was slipping away. I remembered the Lord. As my life was slip, slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And remember the Lord, this God who can do anything. Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, verse 27, what's impossible for people is, po- is possible with God. Well, they were asking, well, how is this possible? How is, it, how is it possible that Kanye could be speaking about God? Well, it's impossible for people... It's possible with God. How is it possible that somebody like this guy could be a church planter, a pastor, a preacher? <laughs> What's impossible for people is possible with God. When we call out to God in prayer, he brings powerful possibilities with his presence. Just remember that God is at work even through your pain. And then maybe the hardest part of this, probably even harder than just remembering that God's at work through your pain, is embrace the phase you're in. Don't get stuck there. No, don't, just don't get stuck there. But embrace the phase you're in. Like just you, sometimes you just have to realize this. This what I'm going through right now is just a part of it. It's a part of it. It's a part of you know I'm getting this education and this this particular phase is difficult. It's a part of it. I'm a part of this church plant team and man we're going through some we're kind of struggling with some areas of the church plant right now. But that's a part of it. Trying to work this relationship out. And there's some communication issues. That's a part of it. Embrace the phase you're in. But don't get stuck there. Because look at the phases of God's work with Jonah. God says go. Jonah says no. Phase one, God sends a storm. Doesn't work. Jonah just goes to sleep. God sends a storm to get his attention. Jonah just goes to sleep. Phase two, God sends a captain to remind Jonah, you need to pray. Wake up and pray. Doesn't work. Apparently it doesn't work. Phase two, or phase three, the sailors have mercy on Jonah because he says, throw me into the ocean. And then maybe out of fear of God, they decide they don't want to do that at first. They don't throw Jonah overboard at first. They actually, let's just row harder. Gives God, you know, and Jonah doesn't embrace the grace. Phase four, they finally throw Jonah overboard. God sends a great fish. And Jonah finally calls out to God. In phase five, 
God causes the fish to throw up Jonah on the beach. It's a really gross way to travel. But he does. He gets there. Why is it that we often don't see God at work except in hindsight? It's like after the fact, Jonah's out on the beach and he looks back and he goes, man, I was praying. Let me, let me go in hindsight. Chapter 2 is a hindsight prayer. I see what God was doing while I was down there in the depths. I was as close to death as I could be. I was going through hell. And I can see now how God was working. Now, I've seen that my whole life because I don't want to embrace the, like, like going through, you have to do some little things to get to the big things sometimes. And there's a lot of times it's like, I don't really want to do the, the little things. Just get me to the big thing, right? That's, that's the goal. Just get to the goal. Then you can get another goal. And sometimes we say, God, I want to do this and whatever this is. And God doesn't do this. And we get freaked out. God must not care. He must not love me. Maybe God's not even real. I've been there. I am, man, God doesn't answer my prayer. He just, maybe he just didn't answer it the way I thought he should. But he did answer thing is about the little things is don't overlook the little things along the way because we get so focused on I want to get this big thing and the little things along the way mean so much because maybe God has you on a 10 phase healing process and God knows something you don't if you don't go through the phases one through nine you won't be able to be ready for phase 10 we just want to get to phase 10 get the healing get to get it better get over get on with life and God knows better than we do. Maybe he knows something that we, need to, that we need to learn during those other phases. So Jonah basically says, whatever you do, don't do what I did. <laughs> don't run from God. Don't sleep on God. Get up and pray. Don't neglect him. Don't disobey him. And don't miss how God's at work through whatever phase you're in right now. Just don't get stuck there. Verse 8, he says, it's like he's talking about worshiping idols. Those who he basically said, what I'm doing, running from God, is the same thing as worshiping idols. Those who worship false idols or false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. God's mercies. I mean, to turn your back on God's mercies. Mercies or this grace. It's another one of these like really cool. I don't do this every week. I know some of you out here for the first time. I don't like to spend a lot of time on the words every week, but some weeks it's just like this week. He's just got to. Because the word it translates as mercy or grace is this Hebrew word, chased. I would ask you to say that too, but you might spit on your neighbor because you have like at the beginning, chased. I don't want you to do that. But it means loving kindness. Literally the pursuing love of God. The love of God that pursues you and me. That's what chased is. The pursuing love of God. And he says, those who cling to stupid, worthless idols won't be unable to receive the pursuing love of God. It's not that the pursuing love of God isn't still pursuing. You just can't receive it because you're, you're too turned toward your worth, worth, worthless idols. Now, what worthless idols did Jonah have? Well, we don't know specifically about some local gods or anything he may have been adding to his worship, but we do know from the story of Jonah that one of his, work, one of his idols is something that many of us in our culture today have as idols. It's called prejudice. It was prejudice. Why did he not want to go to Nineveh? Because I don't like those people. I want nothing to do with those people. Yes, they were barbaric. Yes, they were mean. They were evil people. Absolutely. The Assyrians were horrible. By today's standards, we wouldn't allow it. We, they would have already been bombed. <laughs> right? And Jonah said, I don't want anything to do with those people. But there was a prejudice there. Period. And then Jonah had a second idol. It's the idol of self. 
this idol of self is this idol that says, I know what God desires. I know, I understand what God desires. I do. I just don't care. And God said, I'm going to go with you. But Jonah said, I'm going to go where I want to go and do what I want to do. You can't bow to these idols or any idols and truly worship God. That's the God Jonah's trying to say. He says, I'm turning back to God because turning towards prejudice or self is turning your back on the loving kindness and the pursuing love of God. And he goes on, but now I will sacrifice to you, God, with songs of praise. I will fulfill all my vows. We don't know what Jonah's specific vows were either, but we do can assume that since he's a prophet, he vowed to speak forth the word of the Lord that God gave him. He vowed to speak forth the word of the Lord to who God had sent him to. He made, These are my vows, to do what you want me to do, go where you want me to go. I'll follow you, God. He says, I'm making, I'm, I'm making good on those vows. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make good on what I said. And some of us today, there's what's happening in our lives right now. We There's something we need to make good. We, something with God, something with us and God that we've that we've said or we've maybe vowed or prayed or just we just knew or just know. And it's like today is the day. It's like, okay, it's time to make good on this. I need to be like Jonah. Like, it's time for this awakening to happen. You know God has put something on your heart. You just need to make good on it. Today might be that day for you. And then he wraps up this, this prayer. The prayer is over. <laughs> then God ordered the fish to spit Jonah out into the beach. Embrace the phase you're in, but don't get stuck there. You can never send your way out of God's love, though. I want you to understand, you know, no matter what you've done or are doing or whatever, you, know, God, you can't make God not love you with this stuff. doesn't mean he doesn't want you to change. It means he wants you to turn to him. God's grace is bigger than all of our sin. God's grace is here, and God's grace is real, and he wants you to turn from that and toward him. It's like Jonah, prejudice, or self. For probably most of us at some point have that idol of self, for sure. Maybe there's something else. And we need to turn from whatever that is and turn to God. Through the struggle, God brings new life. And here's the thing. We're going to see that Jonah goes on to Nineveh. Next week, we're going to go. He's going to go to Jonah with Nineveh next week. See, he's fulfilling his vow and fulfilling his prayer. He didn't say, I'm sorry, God, and then go back to his trip to Tarshish. This is, this is, he didn't keep going the opposite direction when he said, I'm sorry, God. He didn't keep going the opposite way. This is not a prayer you pray and then go back to living the next day doing exactly what you want without honoring God. This is a prayer you pray and then go where God is sending you. So no matter where you are in life, you can call on God. He will answer you. So the next step, I would say, man, let's do what Jonah did. Let's just pray. And this is for you know every one of us, himself included. Let's just ask God, is there any area that I need to follow your will instead of mine? Because that's really like ultimately how to, how to apply this part of Scripture. Man, let's pray like Jonah. God, is there any area in my life where I need to turn back to you and follow your will instead of my own? Lord, that's our prayer today. And uh, God, we just we want to turn to your will and not our own. Lord, I pray that first of all as, as the pastor and the, with this group, Lord, Awaken Church, we, we want to follow your plan, not ours. And we're into, into a season this week, Lord. It's, it's kind of a, a, we have a couple of days set aside this week where we'll be meeting and, and doing things that's, just, that's going to be setting us up for where we're headed in 2020. And Lord, we want to follow your plan. We don't want to just ask you to bless out something we come up with. But Lord, as, as 
as people, as individuals. Lord, we need that too. We need to, we need to surrender. Because your plan's way better than ours. I can see that. I see that now in hindsight, obviously. But I thank you, God, that you have a plan for us. You have a purpose for us. And a big part of that purpose, Lord, is the same purpose you had for Jonah, for every prophet, for every disciple in the New Testament, for every single one who's come in the 2,000 years since the resurrection, and even today. For every single one of us who follow Jesus, a part of your purpose for us is to love our neighbor as ourselves and to invite them into a relationship with you. And if that includes an invitation to church, that's awesome too. Lord, you're sending us. As we follow you, you're sending us to those who need your grace, your hope, your love, your unfailing love. And so, Lord, may we say yes and go to those who you are sending us to. Lord, some of us this morning, as we're praying this prayer and asking, Lord, is there any, any area of my life I need to turn back to you? And maybe there's some this morning that, that haven't even turned to you. Lord, I just, my prayer would be that, that, that uh, we would pray, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I want to follow you, and I want to turn to you, and I want to take Jesus as my Lord, and, and I want to, want to live this life with you leading my way. I want the hope and the love, and the, I want the... I want the future that this uh, that this Bible, the Scripture talks about. I need delivered, just like Jonah needed delivered. And so, Lord, I thank you that you are delivering me right now. Maybe that's the step right now some of us are taking. But Lord, you're leading us into our next step. And so, Lord, we're going to just stop, pause now. We'll sing and, and enter into this worship. But as we do, Lord, Lord we're, we're asking you to lead us into that next step. For each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.